Back here on the program, we want to get to our next segment. This still discusses and talks about the Bears' coaching situation at Sports Talk Chicago. Here with John Zaglou, John Meadows directing and producing. We're live on YouTube, live on Cities 92.9 FM and AM 1230 WJOB. Also, ACTV out in Aurora. Appreciate all of our great affiliates. You can follow us all over at Sports Talk Chicago. And while you're hanging out here on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to the uh, channel so most of you can see our content. We go live on Sundays for all Bears games. We had almost 6,000 people hang out with us last Sunday. We're hoping for a great turnout this weekend as the Bears take on the Broncos, and we hope you're hanging out with us. I kind of alluded to this in our last segment. Matt Eberflus is in over his head. I don't know if Matt Eberflus knows how to handle the situation that the Bears are facing. Many said today at a press conference that he feels like him and Justin Fields are close, I guess. They're, they're, they're close, although the Bears rank near dead last or near the bottom of every statistical defensive category. Eberflus said this quote, I think we're real close, I really do, when asked if the Bears were close to unlocking Fields. <laughs> Can you believe, hold on a minute, this actually pissed me off. We're in year three of Justin Fields. Why are we talking about being close or maybe we'll unlock him? This is ridiculous. If you're in your third year as a quarterback and you aren't performing and your team hasn't unlocked you yet, that's an indictment, a scathing indictment on everybody involved. But let me read this quote. Eberflus said this. I know a lot of people say it's a far away situation. I don't believe that. I think we're close. I think it's more about the details of the individual person. If we just keep doing that right, right things are going to happen. Oh, yeah, right? Things are going to happen? Like what? You guys were more close last year in the last 10 games of the season than you are right now. It's like Justin's a rookie again. A wide-eyed rookie who can't even complete a pass in the NFL, let alone lead the Bears to a victory. Under Matt Eberplus, the Bears have lost 13 straight games. Franchise record, by the way. So there's never been a coach in Bears history who's been worse, statistically speaking, than Matt Eberflus. Never. Why does he still have a job today? Why is he still the head coach of the Chicago Bears? The Bears have never fired anybody midseason, and they won't, because they have an old thinking mentality about how they should treat coaches. And then people ask, oh, well, who's going to replace Eberflus? I don't give a damn who replaces him. Promote somebody from within because it's clear the Bears are giving up on this season. So if you're going to give up on this season and give up on everybody now, then fire Eberflus, start the search. Maybe by the end of the year, you're going to find somebody competent enough to lead this team. What's the point in keeping them around for what? What are you going to gain out of this besides stringing people along and continuing in your mediocrity. You know what's so funny is Eberflus after the game on Sunday when he was at his press conference, he brought up the fact that the Bears caused two turnovers and intercepted Blaine Gabbert twice, saying, hey, we got a couple of interceptions there in the fourth quarter. I don't give a blank. Come on. Hey, good job. You intercepted twice some bust of a quarterback who somehow is still standing in the NFL and somehow is still playing on the Kansas City Chiefs, backing up and drinking coffee half the time for Pat Mahomes. Give me a break. 
That's not something to brag about. That's not something to say, hey, we, we caused two turnovers. No. You intercepted Blaine Gabbert twice. <laughs> I think everybody in the NFL at this point, like every defensive player could say, I've intercepted Blaine Gabbert. Seriously, go look at his numbers. He freaking sucks. Yeah, good job. We intercepted Blaine Gabbert twice. Not just once, twice. Got to put that qualifier in there. It's a big deal to him. Big deal to this Bears team when it comes to the hits principle and forcing turnovers. We got Blaine Gabbert to throw two picks. <sighs> How pathetic is that? I mean, listen to that statement. This team gets blown out 42-10, to 10, and we're talking about two interceptions off of Blaine Gabbert, who came in in the fourth quarter because Pat Mahomes was sitting because the Chiefs were winning by so much. So it got to a point where they brought in their backup, gave him an opportunity, and he blew it. <laughs> so we're going to brag about that at a press conference at a podium after you got your asses handed to you. And this is the head coach for the Chicago Bears. I don't want to defame him as I don't want to defame him as a person. First of all, I want to say that Eberflus is a good guy off the field, man of faith, which I unbelievably respect. But unfortunately, it is just not working. I wish him all the best. I hope he maybe latches on somewhere else as defensive coordinator, maybe linebackers coach, defensive line coach. I don't know, somewhere else. I, I wish him all the best. Truly, I do. It's not like a Matt Nagy thing. Nagy was just insufferable. He's not a bad guy, but it's just so incompetent in a situation in which he's so in over his head. Because the Allen Williams situation, it's not fully his fault, has not been handled well by the Bears. And I know that's a huge distraction. Top of that, you got a team that's just floundering at 0-3. Franchise record losing streak. Justin Fields, your star, quote-unquote quarterback, is regressing, not progressing, not developing at all. And it's come to a point where you want to cut ties with him maybe at the end of the year if things don't get better. You're a defensive-minded guy, and your defense is one of the worst defenses in football in all statistical categories. And this was supposed to be a year you were going to be good. <laughs> Minimum 7-10, and 8-9. and nine. High point 10-7, and 9-8. and eight. High point potentially a wild card spot. And instead, you're 0-3 at the bottom of the football world, and it's only week 4, coming up to week 4. This is a worst-case scenario. And this does warrant termination. I didn't expect this to happen. And you hear people say all the time, hey, there's no way we're going to fire Matt Eberflus midseason, right? And then you ask the question, well, what does no way mean? Does it mean if they go one and two or whatever? No, no, no. This is that bad. This does warrant an in-season firing. This warrants everything imaginable. It needs to happen. This warrants it. If they were one and two, two and one, three and zero, oh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. They're zero and three, and even if the games were close, maybe we could justify it. No, the games have all been bad. I mean, there's there's been nothing good. They gave up three hundred plus passing yards. I mean, Baker Mayfield look, look amazing. Baker Mayfield had no job a couple of months ago, and now look, Jordan Love, essentially his debut as the Packers starter tears up the Bears. And then last week, Pat Mahomes does Pat Mahomes, and, and the rest is history. You pride yourself on being a defensive guy. You pride yourself on being 
now the defensive coordinator and play caller, in addition to being the head coach. And why are you giving up 30-plus points every game? Why are you making quarterbacks like Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield specifically look like MVP candidates? I mean, Baker Mayfield's a dark horse MVP candidate as we sit here today, partially because of how well he did against the Bears and how he's leading Tampa Bay to a good record. Baker didn't have a job five months ago. And I say that again because it's ridiculous. Baker last year was benched in Carolina. Benched. Went to LA on a six-game contract, essentially, and did okay. This year had to compete for a position with Kyle Trask, who's a total bust. Wins the job. Now he does this against the Bears. Come on. You couldn't do anything? I mean, Baker is good for one or two interceptions a game. You couldn't even make him turn the ball over. You couldn't even hit him. There was no sacks on Baker. One hit, no sacks. And Jordan Love, in essentially his debut, you could have roughed him up. You could have hurt his confidence. You could have made sure that he was walking on eggshells the rest of the season. There could have been a statement made week one, and it could have stunted Jordan Love's development. Because look what's happening to Justin Fields right now. Imagine if the Bears did that to Jordan Love week one. Would he be playing like this now? No. But instead, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers. Nearly a perfect passer rating. And now Jordan Love is also a dark horse MVP candidate. Three weeks in. Everything that has gone wrong or that was purported to go wrong has gone wrong. Everything that people were worried about, are, the wars are coming to light and things are getting bad. It's so horrendous. It's so unfortunate to see and to watch. And there are no consequences for the mediocrity. I mean, this reminds me so much of the Bulls for 20-plus years keeping Paxson and, and Foreman around, guard packs, and... They got rewarded consistently for mediocrity. Nice guys off the court, bad executives, consistently rewarded. And now we sit here today, Matt Eberplus, I know it's only his second year, but you can't be setting franchise records and losses. And the Bears as a whole cannot try and push me or sell me on another tank. This is not supposed to be a tanking year. Last year, I didn't even accept it, but near the end of the year, I kind of understood and got the process and got the mindset. I was okay with it. Didn't like it, but I was okay with it. This is not a tanking year, though. This is not a, okay, whatever, we're going to go 3-15 and 15 again, 3-14 and 14 again. No, this was supposed to be a year of growth. This was supposed to be a year of progress for everybody. Fields, Eberplus, Gutsy, Poles. Money was spent. Resources were invested. This team was supposed to be better. No, they're worse. They're worse than last year. They're worse than when Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were here. Might as well have kept them around. The Bears went 6-11 and under Nagy. That's better than freaking 0-3 with the worst point differential in football and the worst defense in football and the worst offense in football. And, of course, Matt Nagy tears it up against the Bears on Sunday, and that's a huge storyline that we're not even getting to because it's so bad here that we can't even talk about it. <laughs> There's not enough time. There's not enough in the news cycle to even bring that up, but that was pathetic, too. The Bears let Matt Nagy get revenge on them, which is sad, considering that Nagy doesn't deserve revenge. He deserves to not be coaching, period, after what he did to Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields. It's unfortunate. It's disgusting. And I think Matt Eberflus's days are numbered. I'm not reporting it. I'm just speculating. And I think it should be done. 
Matt Eberflus's days should be numbered. And it's not because he's a bad guy, don't misquote me, not because I hate him, not because I'm being defamatory, it's because, unfortunately, although he's a nice guy off the field and a nice guy in general, he does not know how to successfully coach a National Football League team. And that's it. It's as simple as that. There's no qualifier. There's no well, but no. He's been given everything. Ryan Paul spent a lot of money. Justin Fields is regressing. Everything's bad. And, and, and again, as I said in my first segment, everybody should go, really. I mean, Ryan Poles, Eberplus, Getsy, and Fields are all deserving of getting out. They're all deserving of being fired, per se. But Eberplus, specifically, as we hone in on him, he really deserves to go. Poles might survive because he you know, didn't draft Justin Fields. Fields might survive for another couple of years because he has up to five years on his rookie contract. But Eberflus, as a defensive guy, has the worst defense in football. And the Bears spent money on defense. This is beyond bad. And he's certainly in over his head. Addressing some of your comments here on the chat here on Sports Talk Chicago. Justin Fumbles. He's as good today as he was in his first day in the NFL. He was never NFL material. No one broke him. Don't fully agree with that. I think he could have been NFL material. I think every quarterback who's drafted could be NFL material. Then it depends on coaching and their willingness to be coached. And I think it it went both ways in the Bears and Fields going down, going downhill and going down to where they were today. Been starting over for 35 years. Yeah. I mean, there was just a rebuild last year. Are we going to have a rebuild again next year? It's so sad. It's so sad. If we don't win within a month, this might be generous. He will be done as much as they don't fire head coaches midseason. I really think they're going to wait till the end of the year like they always do to fire Eberflus. It's wrong. I think it's so old, you know, old-minded. But I just feel like that's the way it's going to go. If Eberflus and Getsy were fired midseason, who do you think should take over? Coach Hightower, special teams coach. I don't really care who takes over. It doesn't even matter because if they get fired midseason, the Bears are waving a white flag too. And they're waving a white flag already. This year is going to be over. It's going to be about next year and the years to come. What could they do to ensure success and be better? That's what's going to be important. We're going to be right back here in Cities 92.9 FM and WJOB.